The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Let me tell you about Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the best and easiest way to play fantasy football this season. Just draft. No need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog Fantasy handles it all for you. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. You can even bring over your home league over to underdogfantasy.com. You get $25 upon sign-up, so you can take a free shot at a million-dollar grand prize for their fantasy football tournament. Again, you get $25 free in bonus cash when you use the code 5RSN to sign up. It has never been easier to take a shot at a million-dollar prize in their best ball mania tournament. Go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or Google Play Store, use the promo code 5RSN, and get $25 in bonus cash. Sign up today you break wheel fix is a wheel repair and remanufacturing company with over 20 years of experience they specialize in complete wheel repair repairing wheels from curb rash bends and cracks they also specialize in refinishing from polishing machining and custom colors that will suit your car's needs lastly you break wheel fix offers a full array of factory and custom wheel and tire applications contact them at 305-748-0112 that's 305-748-0112 or at you break wheel fix on all social platforms this show is brought to you by lewis peters state farm agency representing the number one auto and home insurer in the united states for more than 60 years combined experience in the insurance industry local agents that understand south florida's unique market you have access to them 24 7 walk in call in click in through lewispeters.com you can find them online on social media at SF Agent Peters, or you can call at 305-275-5585. Remember, lewispeters.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. Simon Clancy is here, and Chris Kaufman is on assignment of some sort. Shagging. <laughs> That's all we'll say. This show, of course, is brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, I don't know where I would be without that ball deodorant the, this, uh, this summer as I've gone to every single practice. Today, I went to my last one because I am going on vacation tomorrow. But without that ball deodorant, there's no way. There's no way I make it. 
like there's just no way there will be no alf right now on this this podcast but i've made it through use the, fi- the promo code 5rsn and get 20 percent off your order at manscape.com all right simon there were some cuts this week first of all there was a, a very weird circumstance today in practice i don't know if you've heard about it but a sandstorm kicked up <laughs> wow i haven't heard about it <laughs> yes there was because across the 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 no I don't know why they decided to do this in the middle of practice but across the field is the stadium and in the stadium they're redoing the parking lot right hmm. so they decided okay you know it's a good time let's start redoing the parking lot and digging up all of the sand on a very windy day in the middle of Dolphins practice so what came over the field was a huge cloud of sand and dust and as soon as it came over the field. Tua Tungvalo went back to pass, threw a pass to, I believe, Gusecki, went off of his hands, went off of Nick Needham's hands, went into that waiting hands of Xavier Howard, who has to be the luckiest individual on earth, <laughs> and runs it back for a touchdown. <laughs> nice. It was the very weird circumstance. But mm-hmm. uh, this week there were some cuts. I don't know if uh, you're aware, but Lynn Bowden is no more, at least not for this year. I yeah, guess I, he's stashed not, for the year. Yeah, I think um, I think he's uh, I think it's a mulligan. Uh, for those that play golf, I think it's a it's a mulligan. I think it's a a smart play by the Dolphins. They they like him. I know that they like him. Um, but you know he's was struggling with injury to make the team. He had the hamstring. We also had some some niggles early on in camp. Um, and so this is a mulligan season for him. I think you know he stays within the system. He comes back into likely a very different receiver room in 2022, and Miami doesn't lose him by cutting him. You know, this is for Philip Bowden. You know, people were asking me last night, "Oh, well, but what? You know, what? Surely he just wants to take his injury settlement, and uh, you know, he may do that. He may do that. I strongly suspect that." It's not in the interest of Lim Bowden. If I was Lim Bowden's agent, I'd be saying, "Stay in the system that you know, in a city that is good for you. You know, with with the no tax and all that sort of stuff, no state tax, but also." You know, you're, you're coming off an injury, and if it's a hamstring tear, you know, and if it's a bad hamstring tear, it could be six weeks, eight eight weeks. He has to hit the street as a as a street free agent, coming off an injury and having been through two teams in 15 months, having been a third round draft pick. That is not a good look for Limboden. I think you do exactly what you know. He's young enough to stay within the system, work hard, work on his strength, work on the technical side of his game because he's a good player. Um, so I think it was a smart play by the Dolphins. Now I'll end up looking stupid because they're, he'll take an injury settlement and go and <laughs> sign for the Patriots or whatever. But to me, this is what the play should be for Bowden. It's what certainly I think what is the play for um, for the Dolphins. Yeah, and as far as the rest of the wide receivers, were you kind of surprised? You know, I'm not going to say that they they they're faking any injuries or anything, but they were babied this whole camp, and essentially put on ice until it's time to actually play because they're all practicing now and they're all slated to play week one. And I could never figure out what was exactly Devontae Parker's injury or Will Fuller for that that matter. But all of a sudden they're all back now and they're all slated to start week one. May just have been a a situation of just keeping the workload off them, the heat, you know, muscular injuries in the heat, you know, uh, it's never a good thing. And we know both Fuller and, and Parker have suffered from them. Um, uh, and they had the horses to be able to, you know, especially horses within the system. Robert Foster hadn't been in the Dolphin system, but obviously he played a lot with Tour at Alabama. 
you know, uh, Isaiah Ford, obviously been in and out of the system for a long time. You know, we expect to see Kirk Merritt probably cut, but will end up on the practice squad. I think they, they like Merritt and it's good for him that he's in this position where, you know, there are veteran receivers who have, you know, who, who have gone ahead of him. Alan Hearns, obviously the injury, I suspect he'll be, he'll be cut and, um, uh, and will take an injury settlement. But it became clear on Monday, Tuesday, when Barry Jackson said that the four receivers would be the four receivers. Um, you know, and it feels like Parker and Fuller and Albert Wilson will probably be the starters for for the week one game. And it's such a meteoric rise slash comeback for, for Albert Wilson, given, you know, the state of play of the last two seasons with the injury and then coming back and obviously then sitting out last year with COVID. But really, it just allowed him to to get better and he had a great start to camp. He sort of went off a little bit back end, but uh, and we haven't seen him in preseason. But, you know, kudos to Albert Wilson because he's a good player. Yeah, and... As far as the, the the wide receivers, I guess the only guy that seems to be now firmly on the bubble is Malcolm Perry. On Monday, we'll do our cut show, so I'm not going to ask you to like make a, de- a definitive you know designation one way or the other on Malcolm Perry. But we were talking earlier on OnlyFans, hmm. and I said, you know, why not just you know do the obvious and make Malcolm Perry RB four, running back number four. And it's kind of interesting. He's never done it except for like few days to start camp last year. Why isn't that an option? Um, I think it probably will be an option, but less as a running back and more as just a, you know Swiss Army knife type. I think they want to keep him around because he works into the rotation in terms of some of the trickeration that they want to do in terms of reverses, jet sweeps. You can line him up in the backfield. He can return kicks. He can throw. Obviously, you know he was a good quarterback in college. Um, and he can run the ball. So I think ultimately to me, I think the battle comes down to him and Patrick Laird as to who stays on the roster. Maybe Laird has the the special teams coverage ability that Perry doesn't have, but then Perry has the return ability. Plus, you're more likely to see uh, Malcolm Perry on the field on offense than you are Patrick Laird. So it'll be very interesting. But to me, it comes down to those two, you know, who you keep around. And I think if Perry is designated as RB4, I think that will only be sort of skin deep, really, because I think his worth is much more valuable than just being a running back. You know, he is, um, you know, he he should almost be sort of Swiss Army knife, you know, Swiss Army knife one, really. Mm. Now, on the offensive line, there's al- this always happens every single year. There's somebody that we don't talk too much about, but he comes on late in camp or in preseason, makes a name for himself, makes the, the roster. I think that that name this year, and I reviewed his tape against, the Atlanta Falcons is Robert Jones. I think he makes the team. If they keep nine offensive linemen, I think he's one of the nine. Mm. What what have you seen of him? What do you know of him? I, mean, I haven't seen that much of him. I haven't really watched an awful lot of um, an awful lot of him in isolation. But I did see him play very well with Liam Eichenberg uh, on the right hand side. They plugged him in a right guard, um, Middle Tennessee State kid. Um, I liked him in college. Uh, I thought he was a good player. I talked him up. Um, you know, a few weeks ago when we first came back uh, and also after the draft because I thought he had a shot of making the team. You know, he ha- he's had some highs and he's had some lows and you kind of expect that. Will he make the team? Uh, it, it's it's an interesting one. I, I suspect he'll make the practice squad. I think Lionel Coleman's an interesting one as well. I think Coleman might make the team. Um, you know, he looks quite impressive. Um, and it almost makes you wonder about the trade for Greg Little, really, because it, it felt like it was taking snaps off Coleman. Um, 
So we shall see. But, you know, I think Jones is absolutely in the mix. Um, but it'll, it remains to be seen because there, there are a few variables. You know, what happens with Eichenberg, left guard or right tackle? What happens with Jesse Davis? Does he start a right tackle? Is he a backup swing tackle slash guard? You know, the, there are a few questions that, you know, what's, is Matt Skura just a backup centre? You know, it, it, so we'll have to wait and see, I think. You know, what, what happens to Cameron Tom? Does, you know, does he have versatility to play guard, which means Skura, who's just really a centre? You know, lots to lots to, to weigh up. And yeah. also, I suppose, if there's an injury crisis, mm-hmm. you know, it, let, let's say there's guards get injured, you could almost consider moving Michael Dieter to guard and putting Skura at centre. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So those are the sorts of questions that it's like a, it's like a, um, a Rubik's cube or a, you know a, a jigsaw puzzle. You're looking to find those different pieces and you know who can which piece can help me here, but can also help me over there. Do you know what I mean? It's um, mm-hmm. versatile guys. And it goes back to Malcolm Perry. Versatile guys are hugely important. You need a few of those on the roster. Yeah, and we're going to do our cut show next Monday. So, you know, I don't think we're going to talk too much about that that Bengals game. Uh, and maybe we won't talk about them too much on this podcast either. But on the defensive side of the ball, we didn't talk about these guys on Monday. But it's kind of – it's already set in stone. Like McKinney and Baker is a pair. And the other yeah. pair is Elandon Roberts and Sam Egwabon. Atlanta Roberts today, I thought was going a little bit overboard, but he was firing up that defense because he was laying in some shots today. Okay. He hit Jared Doke so hard toward the end of practice that got the entire defense running off the sideline and even got Flores to like tell, tell guys, slow down, dial it back a notch. So I guess th- that's the pairs, right? Those are the two pairs on on the team. Like, yeah, and you need those guys like Roberts. You need the leaders, guys who've been around. Guys can come into the locker room and just say to the younger guys, "Look, this is what it takes." But also, you know, you go out there and you put it on the line. I think it was actually Jordan Scarlett that he hit. Um, but you go yeah. out and you, you you just say to those guys, you know, it sets the tone. You know, it's important that those sorts of things happen. I know they're all on the same team, but those sorts of things set a tone. Because the offense turns around and, you know, they get back in the huddle and they're like, you know, are we going to let this shit happen to one of our guys? You know, are we going to step mm-hmm. up and put someone on their ass? Or, you know, because the, the defense over there are whooping and hollering, you know, mm-hmm. they're showing us up. This is our pride. This is our, um, you know, they're taking our manly, uh, you know, uh, manhood kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you need those guys. And and Roberts is a, you know, look, he, he has limitations in coverage, but he's a thumper in the run game. You know, he's a he's a powerful thumper. He can beat blocks. He can get into the backfield. He's just, you know, I think he's a really good, a really important player for this defense. All right. And some some housekeeping, by the way, they will pick captains next Monday before the cuts, which is odd, right? Like if, if you get a C on your chest, I guess you're not getting cut. But, you know, yeah. who's, getting, who's cutting like a an Xavier Howard or Byron Jones or Jerome Baker or a tool tongue? interesting. Ball? Be interesting to see who they pick as captains, won't it? Um, how many captains do they pick? Six. Uh, they pick six, but I think only four get the C on their chest by NFL rules. But what's interesting is that every single year, and I managed to ask Brian Flores this question once, which is most coaches leave it up to the players to pick the, the right. captains. And sometimes the coaches pick the captains. In 2019, which was uh, Brian Flores' first year here, he picked the captains. Last year, it seems like the players picked the captains. I wonder who picks the captains this year. 
Yeah. But I if reckon, you had to guess on the four, on the four they get the C on their chest, who who do you think they would be? I'd say Jesse Davis and Tua on offense. Mm-hmm. And I'd say Jerome Baker and probably Christian Wilkins. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Just for a leadership thing. Maybe Howard. Um and then special t- I mean, do they pick special teams captains? Probably yeah, there's Jason, always Sand- one. There's Jason always Sanders. One. Okay. And Alanda Ro- Roberts probably. You know, you know, you know who's a good candidate, and I think he's primed to have a really good season. Is Eric Rowe? He's extremely yes. vocal. Yeah, he's a good player, isn't he? Yeah, and today it was really interesting to see him and Tua Tagovailoa going at each other, talking to each other during practice. And then it was even more interesting to see Jacoby Brissett getting into it with Jerome Baker, and that one seemed a little bit more heated. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah that that one seemed a little bit more. You know, heated. And uh, Xavier Howard on one play specifically, uh, Trill Williams was in coverage and intercepted Jacoby Brissett on a bomb. And Trill Williams got up and just, like, handed the ball over to to the referee and was getting ready to go in the huddle. And Xavier Howard said, no, no, no. (laughs) He ran onto the field with Byron Jones and told him, no, no, we're going to go celebrate in the end zone. And Brian Flores was having a, a, a blast with what was going on. Jacoby Brissett was not amused by Xavier Howard and Byron Jones taking Trill Williams to go celebrate in the end zone from the interception. So it was a it was a heated day in practice, but it seemed, you know, it really looked like it is the dog days. They're ready to play somebody else. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Spe- speaking of playing somebody else, they play the Bengals. We're not going to spend too much time on this, but. How many people would you play on on Sunday? Who would play if you were in charge? Who would play on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals? Joe Burrow's going to start, by the way. So yeah, I, I, take that into account. Know, I'd probably do the same as I did against the Bears. Probably not so much against the. You know, you probably want to see the guys for a couple of series. You probably sit. You know, I'd probably sit. You know, McKinney and I'd probably sit Howard and Eric Rowe and those guys. But you kind of. You want to see Tua. You you just want to see him. You want to see him out for a couple of series. You know, just keep him safe, keep him clean. Let's see what the progression is again from Chicago into Atlanta or Atlanta into Cincinnati. You know, let's just see what that progression is, knowing full well that you know installs are underway for New England. Um, and you know, I I just think just get the reps. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. it. it I don't think any rep is a bad rep for Tour at this point. It's just about getting, you know, your sea legs under you and just feeling more and more and more comfortable, not only with your surroundings, but also with um, just with the offense, just in terms of just feeling, just feeling the flow of the game, where the ball's going to go, just knowing where it's going to go, just knowing what defense is now doing, how the coverage is changing. Um, I think that's really, really important. So, and look, I, you know, Tom Brady talked to Peter King at the weekend and, said, you know, it takes seven years to build up a relationship with your receivers to, to the point where you you know instinctively, where you trust instinctively what they're doing and that they know what you're doing and you know what they're doing on every single play. So to that end, the more snaps that you can get with a Parker or a Wilson or a Fuller or whatever, it, it is, you know, he needs that. Everybody needs that, whether that's Tom Brady, whether it's Fran Tarkenton, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's whoever. They need that time. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae uh, Adams aren't, you know, incredible because they just 
just turn up you know that that is worked on and worked on and worked on for years you know so those relationships those snaps those reps are, are absolutely critical yeah and let's touch on a few other players here before we move on um Javon Holland has had an he has some type of injury right now. Um, Jason McCourty was taking all his snaps today. Um, nobody knows what it is, but he looked fine to me going off the field, but he wasn't in there. Hmm. But uh, Brandon Jones showed up, he's back. Hmm. <laughs> Where is he now in the pecking order? Like, how did he started camp as a guy that looked like he was going to play a lot of snaps? But mm. now, like, you saw him out there. Whoa, you know, who the hell's 29? Oh, whatever. I forgot. That was Brandon Jones. It's been three weeks since he's been in uniform. Mm. He's back. I but, think he's going to play a lot. I just think because he's not, he's, he, you know, that position he played last year, he's not the true safety, is it? It's not like, mm. a, you know, back when we grew up watching the game, you know, it was four defensive linemen, three linebackers, you know, two cornerbacks and two safeties. And the safeties would play, you know, deep. And that was just how it worked. Do you know what I mean? And one was a free safety and played, you know, one was a strong safety and stepped up a little bit into the box, but was quite a good tackler. So, but, you know, Jones sort of plays all over coverage and deep and in the box and, you know, Rover. And so um, they like his versatility. I thought he had a good season last year, actually. I think mean, he's a good player. Um, so I think he'll, um, look, we know how much they love defensive backs. McCourty's the interesting one for me, really. It's like, you know, is he going to play corner? Is he going to play free safety? Because I saw him play some single high on, um, on Saturday night against the Falcons. Um, because really and truly that's where you want Javon Holland playing. But, you know, what I think you'll see, because Holland hasn't really played single high free safety in, well, in three years, really, Mm. you know, because obviously sat out 2020, 2020 with, uh, you know, for COVID reasons, he um, and he played almost exclusively in the slot in 2019. Um, so it's going to be a long. It's been a long time, but I think you know, Flores. This is what Flores likes, isn't it? He likes a ton of defensive backs so he can play in different roles. They're all really versatile. They're they can all play all over. You mm. know, you can see. You know, we've talked about this before about Byron Jones going to play safety. You know, he played safety at a, you know an elite level three or four years ago for the Cowboys. Um, so, you know, I just think that the mix and match ability, Nick Needham now playing outside, has played really well inside, Justin Coleman, mm-hmm. the number of defensive backs and where they can line up is really kind of key to what coach wants to do. Yeah, they got so many. And they, and they have so many that are that are performing well. Uh, even Trill Williams is coming on. But I think that's a guy that you could probably sneak onto your, your practice mm-hmm. squad. Although he's getting some special team snaps. So maybe he has some hope there. Apparently he wore fifty one though, so still, so I don't think he deserves. Yeah, he's still a roster wearing fifty one, which is not a, is not ideal to no, make it a not, football yeah. team, right? Not on my football team, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, one last guy we can touch on, and um, you know we already spoke about Shaquem Griffin and Calvin Munson on Monday. You know I like both players. I don't know how the, how it's going to shake out. I think they might keep more linebackers than normal for special teams reasons especially those two guys who play a lot of special teams. Uh, Duke Raleigh really hasn't impressed that much, but we know yeah. he's a really good special teams player. But one last guy, it's it's a redshirt year for Noah Igbenogany, isn't it? Yeah, it feels like it. He's buried on third team. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. It really is. And, um, you know, it's not the progression that, you know, we were hoping for. No, um, we all had him playing in the slot this year, right? <laughs> Well, I don't think I had him playing the slot, but I certainly or had him outside, and more. then Byron Jones in the slot. That would have made a lot of sense to us. I yeah, think. I, I think. Um, 
it's going to be interesting it's going to be really interesting to see what happens you know because it's kind of uh, certainly not we're, we're certainly not in do or die territory but we are in you know he's got to make start to make strides now you know because he's got all the talent in the world mm. but it's you know last year I thought he looked good at times. So, you know, look, he played against stuff on Diggs and he got he got abused a couple of times. And you know, that happens to the best in the game. So, you know, Diggs is elite as a route runner. And um, but apart he, from he that, did erase he did erase the corpse of AJ Green. Yeah, well, he played well at times, but just um yeah, yeah I just thought um I thought that AJ Green might was... not be AJ Green anymore. No, no. <laughs> but I thought he'd step up a bit and um yeah, unfortunately, that hasn't happened. So we shall see how it plays out. Yeah, I think a writer next year will write that that uh, this year, meaning the the twenty twenty two training camp is a make or break camp for Noah Igbenogany, and they're going to be mm. right. Yeah, I agree. Like I think next year he's going to have to do, he's going to have to play somewhere. He's going to yeah. have to contribute something. All right, on the way out here, uh, we were talking a little earlier, and you didn't break any news, but you kind of had a take. Who are the Dolphins playing against? Who's going to be QB one for the New England Patriots Week One? You had a hunch. Um, I mean, based solely on today, I would say Mac Jones. I mean, I think Mac Jones went thirty six of forty one today against the Giants' first team defense, including eighteen straight completions. Um, obviously, yeah, Cam good. Newton's yeah, it's pretty good. And Cam Newton's unvaccinated and has been in close contact with somebody with COVID. So he's not able to play for five days or not able to be around the team for five days. Um, but I think, you know, I think that I think there's a worry in the New England press that they're reporting that they're worried about Mac Jones's body being able to hold up for an entire, mm. you know, just weight wise and, and, and strength wise, but he's apparently been the best quarterback since, since day one. Mm-hmm. Um, if he doesn't start against us, I don't think it's going to be too long until he does. I mean, that New England team is dangerous. You know, I think people underestimate New England at their peril. Um, I think that they're dangerous in their composition because the way that they can play, they could absolutely yeah. just run out the clock from from the beginning of the game with that running and also, game and that defense. I know. I think that offensive line. I think Miami's going to be really careful in that opening game because that offensive line that New England has, you know, you lose Joe Tooney, but, you know, they, they're just bringing on Wenu. You know, it's a big, experienced unit. James White, they've got Ramondre Stevenson. Damian Harris could have a monster year this mm, year. I like him a lot. The, you know, and then play action to those tight ends, Hurst and to Jonu Smith. The Dolphins could have a really difficult time against the Patriots. And look, I would not be surprised. And, you know, obviously the 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 panic flags will go up from Dolphins fans. I could easily see the Patriots putting up a big score on Miami in week one. And I, you know, that would be buyer beware for me in terms of being nervous about, you know, some overconfidence of fans thinking that, you know, Brady's two years gone and this team's on the down. This team is not on the downside. They're getting an awful lot of good players back. You know, they've done a lot of work in free agency. Um, and Bill Belichick, still Bill Belichick, you know, um, I think it'll be very interesting to see, but I, I don't think Miami go into that game as favorites at all. So, um, well, as of right now, the line was two and a half, and it's moved to three. And I don't know. I, I guess they think that the the Patriots might start Mac Jones, and that gives them a better chance. I just don't like any rookie, especially one like Mac Jones against the Dolphins' defense. But the yeah. way that they play might not make that important. Yeah, because I think that the way they might 
make Mac Jones play is just get out of the way. Don't screw this up. Let our running game and our defense try to take the game deep into the fourth quarter and let our coach win it. It's got to get pressure. Though. Got to get pressure on Jones. You can't just sit there and allow him to mm-hmm. just ping balls around. Yeah, just score. If you score and you put the pressure on their offense and you force them to get out of their game plan, you got them. Uh, mm. That's how you beat them last year late in the season when Tua had the, that comeback. They got to their game finally in the second half when they got a couple of scores and they had to, they had to start throwing the football and Cam Newton just couldn't. He just yeah. he couldn't throw the football anymore. All right, so I'll let you get out of here. And now I will introduce you to a new sponsor, Bet US. Sports betting season is in full force. And with football fast approaching, you need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity like Bet US. You may already know this, but Bet US has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800 69 BetUS. That is 800 MyBetUS. And you will receive a 125% sign up bonus by using the bonus code. Five. That's the word five. F I V E. They also have re-up and referral bonuses as well. Follow my lead and open an account with Bet US. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet US. All right, we're gonna close the show here with uh, some listener questions, and we solicited some on OnlyFans. And if you wanna sign up for OnlyFans, you could go to our Twitter page at 3YPC and just look at the tweet that is pinned there. All right? You can go to Patreon, only fins. And we solicited some questions on there, and I'm going to answer a few of them here. And this first one's from DLeon54, and he writes, Alf, if the team keeps nine offensive linemen, which nine will they keep and which nine should they keep? Well, okay, this is pretty simple, right? Um, Austin Jackson... Michael Dieter, Solomon Kinley, Robert Hunt, Jesse Davis, that's five. Liam Meikenberg is six. You need a backup center. Matt Skura is seven. Larnell Coleman is going to make it. That's eight. So you got one more spot, right? So who gets that spot? Is Greg Little going to get it? Is uh, Kiros Neto going to get it? Robert Jones? Adam Pankey? I say Robert Jones. His tape has been really good in this in this preseason so i think he gets the last spot if they keep nine so that's austin jackson let's go one by one austin jackson solomon kinley michael dieter robert hunt jesse davis that's five leon meikenberg is six uh skura is seven larno coleman is eight robert jones is nine all right this is from shruly dukeman any new schemes that make you feel more comfortable facing josh allen a few but i can't uh, i can't divulge them here because uh, the Dolphins frown upon things like that. But you could deduce. If you watch uh, the preseason games, you could kind of figure out some of the things that they're working on. Uh, namely, Jalen Phillips is pretty important toward that. Uh, he also writes, You think the way Albert has played in camp, and he's talking about Albert Wilson, we will get a decent dose of four wide receiver sets. I have my doubts on that. Uh, I think uh, Gasecki's important. Tight ends are important on this team. They have 4,000 of them, so I don't know if you're going to see a lot of four wide receiver sets. Occasionally. Maybe a snap, maybe two snaps a game. Something like that. Possibly. 
All right, here's another question. This one's from Griffando Bloom, and he writes, Alf, is there more motion or pre-snap movement in practice that you've seen and they've just kept preseason very vanilla, or has that generally been the same? Well, we're not supposed to divulge that either, but uh, the, the short answer is, of course. And if you watched, I would say, the second drive against the Atlanta Falcons, you saw a lot of that type of stuff. All right, another question. Uh, Finn Balor writes, a great wrestler, by the way, and good name. He writes, at Alf, any potential vet cuts from other teams you think they would love to bring in? That's a really, really good question. Is anybody going to cut a really good swing tackle? I doubt it. Is is there a swing tackle out there that's going to make them forget about Larnell Coleman and his development? I don't know. Nobody's going to cut a starting caliber offensive lineman, so are they going to take an offensive lineman? Probably not. So, what can somebody possibly cut out there that they would have some interest in? I don't think there's pretty much anything. Can somebody cut, I don't know, a backup mic? Do they even need one? Alan Roberts just got to practice, got back to practice. So, they have their backup mic. They have their scrape linebacker to play behind Jerome Baker and Sam Egovon. So, they really don't need anything. They have so many de- defensive backs. They got a punter. They got a kicker. Yeah, I don't see anybody cutting anything that they would actually want. All right, this next question is from Al the Wanderer, and he writes, Alf, what is your favorite musical or Doris Day film? I don't think I've ever seen a Doris Day film. As far as favorite musical, I hate musicals. I don't think I've ever seen a musical that I've liked. So, yeah, no, I don't I don't have a favorite musical ever. I, I pretty much hate every single one of them that I've ever heard. All right, next question is from Dipless Carrot, which is a great name. All right, and he writes, how's the feel at practice? Is it anything close to how we read about Joe Judge and the Giants, or is it more relaxed? It's much more relaxed, but it is regimented. And Brian Flores is not a guy that is just going to, let's just say, you know, turn it into a country club. Okay, they are timed. They work on two fields. Every part of practice is timed to do a specific thing. They start every single practice the same. They have their stretch. They have their drills. Then they do some 6v8. They do red zone. They work on special teams, and they do 11-on-11, and then they finish up with more special teams. So every once in a while, they do put in some one-on-one stuff. But other than that, really regimented. All the coaches are really involved, and Brian Flores has his hand in almost everything that goes on out there. I wouldn't say that it's tense like a, like a Giants practice. But I definitely would not call it relaxed. Now, you want to compare it to some of the practices I used to see from like Nick Saban, Jimmy Johnson, Don Shula? Yeah, it's nothing like that. But that's because the NFLPA doesn't allow it anymore. But they have good practices. All right, this question is from T. Dollar Sign. All right. And that's his name is T, and then it's a dollar sign. He writes, Alf, any chance Ledbetter lands on the 53? That's a good question, right? Man, how many guys are they going to keep on the defensive line? Like Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, those are absolute rotation players. Adam Butler's going to play a lot. That's four. Manny Ogba is five. He's going to play a lot. You got to figure they, they want to back up zero. I think John Jenkins makes the team. That's six. So that means that John Jenkins makes the team ahead of. Benito Jones, Jason Strobridge, Jonathan Ledbetter for the seventh spot? Who wins out? 
They invested a pick in Strobridge. They've invested some time in Ledbetter. I think both look okay as as far as, you know, the seventh guy in a rotation. You know, more likely than not, if you're the seventh man on, on this defensive line, you're going to be inactive every single week, right? So I think they try to figure out who they can sneak onto the practice squad. I think that that guy would be Ledbetter. So I think that Strobridge makes the team. Ledbetter gets cut and then brought, gets brought back into the practice squad. All right, final question, and this one's from Nick VGA, and he writes, Alf, what defensive front, 3-4, 4-3, nickel, do you think will be most prominent? That uh, I technically can't answer that, but since you're asking my opinion, I can, and it's not because of any information that I see. It's, it, I think it's because of the personnel that they have. I'm going to go ahead and say you're going to see a bunch of 3-3-5, okay? Meaning you're going to see one guy play the buck, okay, which is going to be either Jalen Phillips or Andrew Van Ginkle. They're going to have a five-tech, which is going to be Emmanuel Ogba. All right? They're going to have, let's say, Kristen Wilkins, Raekwon Davis inside, or Zach Sealer and Raekwon Davis, or Zach Sealer and Kristen Wilkins inside. The scrape is going to be Jerome Baker. The mic is going to be McKinney. Two corners and a slot. And two safeties. So 3-3-5 three, three, is what I would say that they're going to run. And if you've been on OnlyFans, you've seen me diagram what their defense, more likely than not, will look like because they played that way last year. So I don't think there's going to be many changes from last year. I thought they had a successful defense last year. So why not repeat that once again? All right, that's it. There is no more. That's it for this week. We will talk to you again on Monday. I'm headed to the Florida Keys on a well-deserved vacation. Talk to you guys on Monday. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.